Hello and welcome back to the Motorsport Bedhook Podcast. I'm your host Didi, and joining me today once again is my friend and your co-host Vedan. On this episode, we'll be talking about Formula E's weekend in Monaco. So let's grab some chai, take our seats, ready your pinions, and dive right into the conversation. Vedan, I want to shout this into the mic, but I can't because I want to spare your ears and everyone else's. <laughs> and that is what is wrong with Monaco TV direction. Last year we saw how bad F1 TV direction was in Monaco, and today it just was on another level of atrocious. Uh, and you know, talking about that, you have to you have to give big kudos to the commentators for trying to keep up with everything throughout the race with such bad TV direction. Um, I don't know if the commentators are privy to like more camera angles or something. But I thought, you know, Karun Chandra and Jack Nichols, along with Daniel Franchitti, did a great job today to, you know, at least point out what was going on, even even if the TV cameras couldn't, you know, keep up with it. It was so bad. Like, it, it, it was genuinely hurting to watch the race because I did not know at all what was going on for the first 25-30 minutes, I would say. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I think they brought in Karun Chandra for Monaco solely for this reason. Because maybe the TV direction, they knew that it would be bad. Because Monaco GP and Monaco E-Pre, the TV direction is their own, right? And of course, in, in Monaco, everything's happened. Everywhere something or other is happening. So obviously, Karun, as we know, is one of the better commentators in Formula 1. And it was great to hear. I mean, yeah, absolutely. The... Commentary in Formula E is pretty awesome, given the fact that there is action throughout the circuit. Absolutely. I mean, we missed out on like a three-way fight into Borevage at one point during the race. And I was like, (laughs) show show me the cars that are racing. I don't want to see like the top five cars just like snaking through the course. Uh, But anyway, you know, this this rant can go on forever and ever. you know, especially with like me ranting about IndyCar's uh, tower, timing tower, Formula E's team direction and everything Formula... else that is wrong with uh, production and direction. Yeah, the, the Formula E TV tower is not really not good as well, you know. I noticed today that every, like the commentators called for a, a position change and after 30 seconds that position change was shown on the uh, timing screen. So, yeah. Yep, and just don't get me started about the qualifying TV production either, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, or else we'll be here forever. Uh, it's yeah. just adding, you know, I don't know, like, I, I, I can't find the phrase right now. But let's dive into the three things from Formula E's weekend in Monaco besides the TV direction. The number one is obviously another heartbreak for Pascal Wehrlein. Um, while Stoffel Mandon gets his first win in Monaco, um, Man, Pascal Wehrlein was comfortably leading the race, but uh, I mean, because again, again, because of the TV direction, we, we don't know if it was just yeah. a technical <laughs> failure or whether he actually tapped his, you know, uh, uh, rear wheels uh, into the barriers or something. But uh, it seemed like it was just a technical failure and that put Pascal out of the race. Man, that guy has been in Formula E for as long as I can remember and he still cannot catch a break. Uh, and even the winner, you know, he, uh, even Stoffel has been just as unlucky as Pascal almost. But I'd say Pascal takes the trophy when it comes to being unlucky in Formula E. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, whenever you talk about Pascal and bad luck, 
straight away you go back to Mexico 2017 or 2016 whatever that was right in in the Mahindra but obviously to to be leading the F- Monaco E-Prix after battling it out with the leader like starting second and taking the lead after the first set of uh, attack modes basically attack modes yeah and to then lose out on that win is is pretty heartbreaking and i mean even even his teammate uh andre lotter was having a good race he had a good quali qualified once again in the top 8 and he was having a good race but then just we'll uh, we'll, we'll come to yeah, him we'll, we'll come, come to, to him in a minute yeah, when we talk absolutely. about we'll we'll talk about mahindra yeah we'll we'll come to him in a bit uh but let's talk about stoffel vandon uh he had a great start to the season uh not not such great couple races you know over the last couple of rounds but he's back and he's here with the championship lead 6 points over Jean-Eric Wern uh and uh 9 points over Mitch Evans in third place man that was a good race from Sofal Vandon he did not screw up his uh attack modes we've seen him do that a few times in the past uh you know he carried that out very well and uh he didn't really have to defend you know uh Mitch Evans and Jean-Eric Wern did the job for him All yeah. he had to do was pull out a gap. He did get unlucky with the safety car, but you know he he made a great restart. And after that, it was just about maintaining that gap to Mitch Evans, who was uh, on energy saving mode for pretty much the latter half of the race. Uh, so that made his life a little bit easier in you know uh, keeping keeping up that first position. Yeah, I mean, I I believe Mitch Evans lost time to Stoffel Vandoorne during the full course yellow, because after the full course yellow. we saw there was an entire attack mode sized gap between stoffel <laughs> and uh, and mitch evans yeah so, but but that was neutralized because of the safety car which came you know two laps yeah, but, after but i mean i mean it just goes on to show that mitch evans was really really saving energy and was in big troubles with with energy saving and we saw him complain on the radio throughout the race and that i mean Mitch Evans got lucky because of the safety cars and his attack mode timings but overall if that had not happened he would have you know probably went back went behind uh, even Robin Frains I guess yeah uh yeah absolutely uh, I don't know you know Jaguar showed like they had great pace last weekend and they were back on top but again seems like you know uh, it it comes and goes the struggle with their uh Our units, basically, but let's move on to the second thing from this weekend for Formula E, and that is Mahindra goes pointless again. This has started to hurt physically now, <laughs> literally physically hurt. Oliver Rowland was, I believe, running P5 when he crashed out, and like Karun Chandra put it, it was ambition over adhesion for Oliver Rowland, uh, and it ended both his and Andre Lauter's race. Um, it's it's almost like he does not want to want to win he, almost like he does not <laughs> want any points uh and you know just to put more numbers to that oliver roland has had three dnfs in a row now yes he got unlucky maybe once you know last weekend in rome uh i think it turned four uh, yeah, like the turn up the hill the left hander yeah. 90 degree left hander but three dnfs in a row and his teammate is not really doing any better uh, alexander sims has had two in the last four 
So clearly it's not, yes, Mahindra is down on pace a little bit, but you know, I think George Russell said something like you have to finish in order to get those points. You can't win if you don't finish. And that is the biggest issue I believe at Mahindra at the moment, you know, we just need both of these drivers to finish, simply finish. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it all goes down to that one sentence, ambition over adhesion. Because we have seen Oliver Rowland and Alexander Sims make those moves and got and get caught out. And especially Oliver Rowland, you know, he came from Nissan. He, I mean, everyone was expecting good things from him. Apart from the Mahindra machinery, but he was expected to perform better than maybe his teammate, maybe his contemporaries in that, you know, in that grid order, basically. But yeah, I guess it's one of I mean, those... Given that I think, given that Roland started for the first time, like it was probably the only Mahindra start in the top 10 this season so far, uh, maybe once again, like this is the most TV time we have seen a Mahindra have. And watching Oliver Roland race was absolutely great until he, like he was never making that corner, never. Even if he did not knock out Andre Lautner, he was never going to make that corner uh, with the entry speed he had. So it, he, he had a great race until then. He was very impressive, uh, made a few great overtakes. You know, it seemed he was doing great on energy management and then just bins it, uh, you know, I mean, more importantly, just bins a great points haul that could have had, you know, Mahindra hasn't had any points in ages now. So yeah, just, just hurts to see this happen. Uh, especially when there's so much potential in there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's now time to, you know, both of them, like the team is doing their job on the car. That's a completely different thing, but both the drivers need to look back on their results, look back on their driving and make some changes on their own. Because if they go on like this, even if Mahindra have the best car, they might not finish again. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And let's move on to the third and last big headline from Formula E's weekend in Monaco. And that is, uh, Maxwell and Gunther loses out on points in the dying stages as teammate Sebastian Buemi finishes P8 from last place. Now, Sebastian Buemi did not get a lot of TV time, but I can't even imagine what his drive from last place to P8 looked like. Uh, and we all know, you know, we have seen a few of these drives in Formula E before, but we all know, you know, if you're in the last half of the pack, it's nearly impossible to make up decent places. And you've done, if you've done this on a weekend, then you know, you, you deserve the very best. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, f for it to be Sebastian Buemi after the troublesome two, two and a half years he has had in Formula E especially, it's, it's great to see that. I mean, obviously he's not getting those results regularly and it's not, uh, it's not like, this is not a sign of things to come probably, but then again, to see that race, to see Sebastian Buemi produce a result that would give him a lot of self-confidence, a lot of boost. And that would, I mean, it obviously it just, you know, it, it is good for the sport because Sebastian Buemi is one of the legends of Formula E as it were. He is statistically, he is one of the greats in Formula E already. And it's, it's, it's always sad to see a great driver like him not do good, not do well, but we, we always, I mean, we always he, know that they have that spark to produce results. 
I mean, even more than that, right? Um, you know, I'm not sure about when and how, when Sebastian Buemi's contract expires with Nissan, uh, but um, 75% of the driving market will be up for grabs uh, at the end of the season before we move into Gen 3. So it is essential that Sebastian Buemi shows what he's capable of in order to continue to be a part of uh, Formula E, uh, you know, a place where he has raced for, I think, from the very beginning, yeah, um, if, if I'm not wrong. So, yeah, but, you know, talking about Maximum Gunther, we've seen flashes of brilliance from him. And it seemed that after being, you know, 4% down on energy compared to the rest of the field, more than halfway through the race, he had made a great recovery to be on par with, on, on par on energy with, you know, the people he was racing with. And it seemed that he was going to finish in the points, but he just missed out in the last few corners as, you know, uh, he went into the negative energy, basically, you know, uh, overused the allotted energy. Uh, a little bit disappointed for him, but obviously, you know, it is up to the driver to manage the energy. And if you're not finishing uh, within the allotted energy, it is really, you know, uh, be between the team and the driver to take responsibility for that. But I thought, you know, he, he made a great recovery. Yeah, I mean, Maxi Gunter had been anonymous the whole season. I think he only had a couple of points in Mexico. But other than that, he was nowhere throughout the season. And to be talked about be there and even if you know for the wrong reasons but he showed that okay he can still manage the energy and still work his way around after making some mistakes earlier so it's it's good to see that that aspect of his driving and it's good to see him on the airtime basically yep yep and uh just a couple more things before you know uh we move towards uh, the end of this podcast, uh, I believe Robin Fryens has continually impressed and obviously another fourth place finish just goes to show how consistent he has been and I think the only other driver who's been consistently in the points has been Stoffel Van Doen so far this season and John Eric Uh So, you know, Robin Fryens is putting together a great season and a great title challenge and I can't wait to see if he can, you know, continue this over the next 10 rounds uh, and hopefully, you know, going into the last race can really put up a fight for the championship. Uh, a little bit, I mean, Robin Franz has been in the sport for long, but we have never, you know, really seen him contend for that title, uh, in my opinion. Uh, and But this this looks promising from, from him this time. Well, he was mathematically con in the championship fight last season till the last race, right? But, I mean, yeah, but, but the last two seasons for Robin Franz have been interesting. He has been there or thereabouts and... Over the last couple of seasons, he has, I think since he came to his current team, uh, Envision Racing, he has shown that he is a driver to f look out for because his consist, I think his consistent, his consistency, sorry, over the last season and a half have, has been the best, has been one of the best, uh, I believe. And it just goes on to show how tough uh, character he is to fight. Yeah, especially in a car that does not seem on par with the Tachitas and the Mercedes, you know. Uh, he's done a great job, uh, while Nick Cassidy hasn't really been on par with Robin Fryan so far this season. Uh, but another name, you know, Nick DeVries continues to be anonymous uh, this season and currently stands 42 points behind his teammate in 7th place in the standings. Now, 7th place in the standings does not sound that bad, but being 42 behind... 42 points behind his teammate, Soffel Van Dorn, 
after just uh, what six rounds is is pretty huge. Yeah, I think again, you know, Nick Devries having he has the pace, he has the Mercedes pace in qualifying, but as usual, he got he gets eaten up by the midfield during the race, and I think we saw it again. It happened again in Monaco, and once he it's it's like it's like Valtteri Bottas, right? Once he gets eaten up by the <laughs> midfield, he can't make up those places once again. And he, he yep. struggles and in the midfield, basically. And in that Mercedes, you know, he, he struggled to get, get through uh, Sebastian Buemi in a Nissan, which, which we know is not a fast car uh, yeah. compared to the Mercedes. Absolutely. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's all from my side. Without anything else that you would like to mention before we wrap up this podcast? Well, nothing about this weekend as such, but I think I have... Uh, it's a it's a broader thing, but we can talk about it later. Yeah, but nothing nothing from this weekend. Uh, all right, yeah, and that's all for this episode. Uh, just to recap, Sergio Bando leads the drivers' championship by six points over John Elkuan, closely followed by Mitch Evans in third place, who's another three points behind. Uh, Mercedes EQ Formula E team leads the constructors' championship by fifteen points over DS Tachita after six rounds. Uh, this season is shaping up to be a great one. Uh, if you haven't been following it, go watch it. Uh, see what's happening. It's been absolutely scintillating. And uh, we'll keep bringing you the latest from the world of Formula E. Catch you on the next one.